Hi, I'm Jeff Brazier and this is the NL Full-Time Podcast. Hi, I'm Luke Edwards and welcome to this week's NL Full-Time. As always, I'll be joined by Rob Laurel. We've also got Serena Arce to round up the National League South for us. We're going to start off, though, with the National League sides involved in the FA Cup on Saturday. The most heartbreaking game for our National League sides was Altrincham. They went down to Portsmouth. And on Wednesday, I went to the pre-match press conference where I caught up with the Altrincham manager, Phil Parkinson. So I'm here with Phil Parkinson, Altrincham manager. And Phil, you must be really looking forward to Saturday's game. And it, like I say, it's a grand old club you're going to, you know, with the crowd as well. There'll be a big crowd there, won't there? And um, I suppose that's what you're in management for yeah it's the non-league dream isn't it to go to a place like Portsmouth away it'll be it'll certainly be the biggest occasion in my in my football career and it's one that I'm really looking forward to uh, I mean obviously have you seen much of them they played they're on TV against Harrogate last round so I suppose you could uh, assess that really couldn't you yeah well we've I obviously watched the Harrogate game as I'm sure every Altrincham fan and probably player did as well Hoping that they drew sort of Portsmouth as well, but it, it seemed like there was going to be an upset with the kickoff and the and the winds and the rain and the three G. But thankfully, Portsmouth were able to pull off the result. Um, so yeah, it was it, we, we've watched that and obviously we've analysed uh, the last game where they had Roch there. We had somebody go watch that and we've got loads of video footage. But you can watch as much footage as you want. The top and bottom of it is the FA Cup. Obviously, we'll, we'll set up a certain way. They'll set up their way. We'll need to be at our very very best to get anything from the game, and we'll need them not to be quite at their levels. There's no getting away from that. But that's the FA Cup. That's why these upsets happen, and that's why I'd love to make us. Uh, that's why I'd love to make a little bit of history of our own with. Uh, this great club and the FA Cup history that it's got maybe making that 18 scouts rather than 17 I mean obviously you know about the club's history in the past as well and you probably just want to add another notch to that won't you yeah definitely I mean when players first come into the football club um, I remember two seasons ago because we've had pretty much the same group I was I was trawling through the YouTube clips to try and find a little bit of history and a little bit of information and videos to show the players about what Altrincham's all about, and it wasn't difficult. So uh, they're fully aware of the expectation and the the way the fans view the FA Cup. So the players, like myself, are very excited about the occasion. And on the podcast, we talked last week about how. Like the FA Cup runs and stuff like that can give you momentum. Obviously, the start's not what you not what you would have liked, even though, like you say, you'd said before, you've had a difficult start. But the wins in the FA Cup and the FA Trophies that really kind of it, it boosts you going into the league. You know, it can really propel you up because sometimes it can go the opposite way. But it's not it's not really been a distraction for you. If anything, it's helped you, hasn't it? I think so. But I keep. I think I sound like a broken record sometimes. You never want to sound like you're making excuses, but however you put it, there's reasons behind why we had a slow start, even though it was exactly the same start as last season and we made the playoffs. Points-wise, we're, I think, we're three points adrift of that, but there's lots of reasons in terms of injuries, uh, suspensions from the previous season, people not being at the levels they need to, but also the start. We have York City, Chester, Southport, in, in the, Brackley, in your opening month, and you're not at the levels. You're not going to get the results you need. We drew games we should have won, and we lost games we should have drawn, and that was the story of the start. And like you said, maybe this cup run's got people up to the fitness levels they need to be, um, because going into... The last two league games, they come through with flying colours, beating Hereford, who were a 
massive team and Gateshead were a full-time team going into the York City game, which was another massive uh, game for us. So the players have been outstanding and, and deserve all the, the plaudits and credit that they get. I suppose it helps with this league being so many strong teams in it and full-time teams that you have to be on it every week, don't you? And I suppose that helps improve, like you say, the fitness and also you as a manager having tactical battles going up against the likes of Steve Watson. Yes, yeah, certainly, um, without a shadow of a doubt. I remember last season when myself and Sauce come into this league, we sort of looked at the fixtures and went, who are we going to beat here? <laughs> because every game you thought, that's going to be a really tough game as a full-time team or there's a lot of this hybrid model going about now where they're in extra days compared to everyone else. But it just shows how well we do with the lads that we've got. I mean, Neil's an excellent coach um, and the sessions are fantastic. We manage the players really well. We try and do everything as well as we can. Um, and and we, I like to think the fans get to see the results on the pitch of our labours. Brill, Phil, best luck on Saturday. And that was Phil Parkinson, and he was quite confident. And indeed, they held Portsmouth in the first half before Ben Close put them ahead in the 56th minute. Josh Hancock equalised for Olenshagum in the 83rd minute. And it looked like they were going to get a replay and get them back to Aldrigham. However, Brett Pittman popped up in the 94th minute to break Aldrigham hearts. The other game in the FA Cup involving our National League sides was AFC Fylde. They went down to a tricky-looking tie at Kingstonian and two goals from Jordan Williams saw them through to the third round. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do. Of course, they ran Wigan close last year. As we record this on a Saturday night, a lot of the ties haven't been played, but there are some more ties involving our National League sides on Sunday. Maidstone, they go to Blackpool and Boston United in the National League North. They travel to Rochdale and also good luck as well to Chichester City who are away at Tranmere. Of course, Chichester were beneficiaries of a bye in the FA Cup first round, so they went straight through to the second round, so we wish them well. Let's move on now and look at the National League. In the National League at the top, we mentioned about Barrow last weekend. Could they go on and win it? Well, a lot of people, especially Chris, said that they could well do that. They had a bit of a setback on Tuesday and they drew 2-2 at home to improving Charlie. And then they travelled down to Maidenhead on Saturday. Well, they went down to Maidenhead and won by four goals to nil. Scott Quigley opening the scoring in the 12th minute. Dior Angus and Patrick Bruff adding goals in the second half before a late goal from Ollie Dyson saw them win by four goals to nil. And it keeps Barrow at the top of the table. They are three points clear of Bromley, who drew 1-1 with Yeovil. A red card apiece in that game. Both in the first half as well. Lee Collins got sent off for Yeovil and then Chris Bush right on half time. Frankie Raymond thought he'd given Bromley all three points with a penalty in the 65th minute but that man Reese Murphy scored yet again and boy did he leave it late. He scored in the seventh minute of injury time and he's now a top scorer in the National League. Solihull Moors stay in third place. They weren't, at, they weren't in action this weekend as they are in the FA Cup. Yeovil a fourth after that draw and Woking are in fifth position. They had a good win in midweek. They be, actually beat Bromley by two goals to one but they couldn't follow that up on Saturday. They lost 1-0 at Inform Boreham Wood. Luke Garrard's side going really, really well and Tyrell Marsh scored on a quarter of an hour. He scored the only goal of the game to give Boreham Wood victory. Woking had Jamal Loza sent off in stoppage time to add to their woes. The other team who slipped up recently who were in playoff contention with Torquay, they've lost five on the bounce now 
and it didn't get any better for them on Saturday. Five goals to one they lost at home to Stockport. Five different scorers for Stockport County as well. Tom Walker, Niall Bell, Elliot Osborne, Devante Rodney and Frank Mulhern scored the five goals for Stockport County with Ben Whitfield replying in between that. So a really good win for Jim Gannon's men and that puts Stockport on the cusp of the playoffs. Just two points behind Harrogate and we'll hear how they went on at Sutton along with the other teams down at the bottom. Here is Rob with the rest of the National League roundup involving the teams down near the bottom. Taking a look at the bottom end of the National League, there were some key matches on Saturday where four of the top six played each other. Uh, I was at uh, Aldershot Town against Chesterfield and uh, whilst Aldershot have uh, found a little bit of decent form of late beating Notts County and drawing at Yeovil, Chesterfield came into this game on the back of a wretched 5-1 home defeat uh, against Hartlepool Um, and uh, before the game I caught up with Elastic FM's Alan Wilkinson uh, to kind of get the lowdown on uh, what is going on at uh, Chesterfield. I'm joined prior to the uh, Aldershot Town against Chesterfield match at the EBB Stadium by Elastic FM Sports' Alan Wilkinson. He'll be doing live updates from the match uh, this afternoon. Alan, you've travelled all round. I think you've only missed one game this season, Chesterfield. What is going on at your football club? If you can tell me the answer, I'll agree with you. <laughs> I have no idea whatsoever. Uh, started very poorly. Uh, then had a bit of a wreck on it, beat Old Shot at home 1-0 very, very luckily. Couldn't mm. believe we come away with that. Mm. We beat Torquay at home 1-0 very, very luckily. We scraped a draw against Barrow, who I have to say are probably the best team I've seen this season mm. going forward under Ian Everett. Mm. But the last four games, uh, 14 goals conceded, 5-3-3 and 2, and one point out of 12. Wow. It's an interesting scenario because I did see very publicly that... Mm. Uh, that John Sheridan was backed about a couple of months ago when it hadn't been a great start. Since then, it's only got worse. And last Tuesday, a 5-1 defeat at home to Hartlepool. I'm going to be honest, as we stand here at uh, whatever it is, one o'clock on uh, Saturday, I question whether he'd still be in charge for this game, but he is. Um, Your thoughts on that one? I think he's down to money. Can he afford to sack him? Uh, There's a takeover bid on the table for the club which is virtually allegedly agreed mm. so um, whoever's taking over will probably want to do their own thing now if Dave Allen sacks him now it means Dave Allen's got to pay him mm. so you think about it money wise yeah. if the new consortium do come in and they sack him then they've got to pay him so it's just a little bit of a jousting see this new consortium that's allegedly wanting to buy mm. it's been two months in the offing now mm. and in that two months Dave Allen's had to put nearly 400 grand in to pay the wages well, that's 400 grand they haven't got to find when they take over yes. so is there a little bit of a, a jousting going on the longer it goes the less they've got to find to pay the wages not only do they buy the club they've got to find 2 million to run the end of the season so the longer they wait to take it over the less they've got to find because it's interesting isn't it both Yeovil and Notts County had to wait on takeovers at the start of this season they both kind of went through at or near the start of the season and they've done okay both clubs despite that they've, they've settled well and they're in the uh, top half of the division but for Chesterfield what people are scratching their heads outside of the football club because based on Cherison's impact when he came in last year everybody quietly went well that's it they'll do a, an orient this year and they'll kick on uh, and, and and many of us predicted them for, for top three again this year and again we've got egg on our faces yeah when Joe, John Sheridan had go last January we were fourth bottom and obviously Martin Allen got sacked 
Boxing Day. Uh, John Pemberton had three games in charge, and John Shodin came in, and here we are today, and where are we? Fourth bottom. So nothing's changed a lot, has it? Having said that, last year we came here, we won 3-0-3-1, and that turned our season around. So basically, whenever Chesterfield need their season turning around, come and play Aldershot, are you? (laughs) I'm not convinced we'll turn it around here today. I mean, 14 goals in four games doesn't bowl well for defence, does it? Uh, Having said that, Dave Allen backed him again yesterday. He's brought a right back in from Notts County, Mm. who played for him when he was at Notts County. Natural right back. So that is music to our ears. Mm. The only natural right back we've got, sort of, is Ossifian. He was injured with an on and off hamstring injury. So finally, he's he's seen fit to bring a right back in. Last Saturday, Arrogate, he played David Buchanan, a natural left back at right back. Uh, He played a right winger, midfield player at left wing. And the three best players last Saturday, in my opinion, Arrogate, were Mike Fondop, David Buchanan and Jermaine McGlashan and Tuesday night they're all on bench it's a strange one isn't it yeah, uh, you know you can only uh, you can only hazard a guess as to, to, to what's going on there are other divisions you know as he lost some of the players uh, I don't know we'll wait and see of course what happens here this interview could be almost uh, uh, a moot point if Chesterfield go and win here like they did last year good players through the spine of the team obviously Jalal's got the odd mistake in him but he's, he's won this league Will Evans player of the year a colossus at the back um, Scott Bowden fond up up front you know Chesterfield have better striking options than say for example a team like uh, Aldershot who, who struggled to score goals but uh, just can't seem to get the balance right can he? I must say when you came to the Pro like a few weeks ago you were by far better football inside but could not take a chance that's the difference uh, yeah Fondop and Bowden two top goal scorers but he'd rather start with Denton and Bowden Tom Denton scored one this year he's as we said totally out of form and he prefers Denton and Bowden that partnership worked very well last year but this year it's not it's gradually just not working. No, we'll so, wait and see what yeah. evolves in front of our eyes today. But Alan, thank you so much for joining us. It could be six all today. Much appreciated. If it is, we'll go home with some sort of smiles on our faces. Well, thank we? you very much for your time. That was Elastic FM's uh, Alan Wilkinson uh, telling it like it is. Um, the game itself was a bit of a damp squid, to be honest with you. It looked as though uh, a very unspectacular order shot were going to. Uh, bag all three points until uh, a 93rd minute equaliser from big Tom Denton off the bench to do what Tom Denton does uh, heading in at the far post. Prior to that Ethan Chislett had put Aldershot Town ahead with his uh, sixth goal of the season from the penalty spot. Um, Bowden had pegged the scores level uh, early on in the second half and then uh, a wonderful bit of quick thinking from Aldershot Town's Lewis Kinsella sent Chislett away from a throw-in and he pulled the ball back for Jack Powell to put the shots ahead. It's a lead they held until those final few seconds and uh, for Aldershot Town, three points turned into one in the space of a few moments towards the end um, and put a bit of a dampener on what has otherwise been a good week at the EBB Stadium. Elsewhere, at the bottom end of the National League, Chorley kept up their recent good form with an excellent 1-0 win at home to Dagenham. And Sutton United surprised a few people as well, taking on in-form Harrogate and uh, beating them 3-1. And that's actually now three wins out of four for Matt Gray's men. Ebbsfleet United leapfrogged Wrexham at the bottom end of the National League division thanks to a 2-1 home win. The home side took the lead after 10 minutes thanks to a James Jennings own goal, but Kieran Kennedy levelled matters for Wrexham before the break. Only for Miles Weston to come up with a winner 15 minutes from time, a crucial three points for Ebbsfleet and one that leaves Wrexham rock bottom of the National League table. 
Thanks, Rob. Yeah, and the only other game in the National League was Charlie against Dagenham and Redbridge. Charlie did what Charlie do. They won by one goal to nil. And it wasn't a great game, but it was lit up by a fantastic goal by Alex Newby. And Rich Scott caught up with the winning goal scorer after the game. I'm joined by with the uh, match winner, Alex Newby. Is that the best goal you've uh, ever scored in your career? I know you've won goal of the season twice already for Charlie in your time here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely up there. I don't know if it's the best, but... Uh... It's one of them where I just sort of knew it was in as soon as it, as soon as it left my foot. Uh, just, you know, struck it well and lucky enough that it went in the top corner, so brilliant. Yeah. And how did you find today's game against Dagenham Redbridge? Because you had that chance that hit the post in the first half and Teague had to clear one off the line as well at 0-0. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a tough game. They're obviously a good side that where they're at in the league for a reason um, and we're where we are, so we've, you know, we've dug in. Uh, it's not the... wasn't the prettiest of games, really, uh, in terms of getting the ball down and playing, but we've, we've, we've grinded it out and... There's plenty of games this season where we've played well and not got the results, so it's good to be on the opposite side of it today. Yeah. Did you think as the game went on, it was going to be one of those games, another nil-nil, or even they're going to go up the other end and snatch one in the last minute? So, yeah, I think well, we've had we've had games like that this season, but I think with the the belief we've got at the moment, I think the last three or four games we've strung together some some great results, and I think you know the tide's starting to turn. We've got a lot more confidence now. And I think you've seen that today. You know, on a, earlier in the season that would have maybe been a, a draw or maybe even lost it, but. We've dug in and we've, you know, we've we've got that belief at the moment, which is brilliant. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that belief because it's four games unbeaten. You're up to twenty second in the league. You're only two points again out of that bottom four. Yeah, we've definitely, you know, we've got aims to sort of get out, obviously get out of the bottom four. That's the obvious one. But um, you know, we're, we're playing really well at the moment. We feel that like we can go anywhere and get any results. So we've got that belief, and that's you know that's what's going to stand us in good stead to get out of the situation we're in. Yeah. And what's the aim in the dressing room? Is it just to get out that bottom four uh, by April, or are you looking to you know, potentially get yourself higher and higher up that league division? At the moment, it's just the next game, winning the next game. You know, going going in positive and keeping this momentum going that we've got. Uh, we're not looking too far ahead. It's, it's still you know early days in the season. A long way to go. Uh, we're, we're, obviously, we're not going to. We want We want to stay up. We want to be in this league next season. But game by game, we're taking it and seeing what three points every game. That's the yeah. aim. Yeah. And three points next Saturday will be at Stockport if you can get it. And there's a nice little bit of rivalry between yourself and Shirley. We saw it in April last year. How big are those sort of games against Stockport? Yeah, it's always you know it's always a special game playing Stockport away, especially you know they've got a great support. Um, you know the fans are brilliant, so. Yeah, we'll go there with full of confidence again, uh, hoping to get another three points. Yeah. And just finally a word on your old club, Barrow. Drew 2-2 with one Tuesday and they're top of the league. Is it, are you delighted to see your hometown team flying up that National League table and potentially getting back into the Football League? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, It's always nice to see your hometown team doing well and uh, you know, I wish them all the best. I'd, hopefully they can go on and get promoted. That'll be good for the town, obviously. And There's a lot of my family support Barrow, so... <laughs> Be good for them as well. Yeah. I suppose it's nice when yourself and Elliot, your twin brother, are playing against Barrow. Your, your parents haven't got too far travel because I know they travel quite a lot to watch you. <laughs> yeah, they, all my family were there on Tuesday night, which was uh, probably the first time <laughs> that's happened. So, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Okay, thank you for your time, Alex. No problem. When your kids are ill, you just want to help them feel better. But you don't always need antibiotics. Get advice from your local pharmacy or search NHS Choices. So, we're going to look now at the National League North. And it's still tight at the top. Kingsland, they won by a goal to nil over Gateshead. It was that man, Adam Marriott, scoring yet again 
to keep his name at the top of the goal scorers charts list. York, they're hot on the tail of Kings and they got back to winning ways. Jordan Burrow scoring the winner there over Alfredson and they won by a goal to nil, much to the relief of Steve Watson afterwards. The big result of the day was Brackley Town. They won 6-0 at Blythe and they are now well in the playoffs thanks to a Lee Underlove hat-trick and a couple of goals there for Wes York, who's on loan from York City at Blythe, who had improved recently but uh, back down to earth with a massive bump for Lee Clark's side in that game. They remain in the bottom two, but they remain above Bradford Park Avenue. It looked like they were going to pull off a shock result of the day. They went 1-0 up at Chester and led at half-time. The goal came through Billy Priestley, but goals from Anthony Dudley and Aquasia Santi made sure Chester pull it round, pulled it round and they stay hot on the heels of York and Kingsland, albeit five points behind York. And eight points behind Kings Lynn. Southport are in fourth place, three points behind Chester. They won 1 0 at Kidderminster. Kidderminster have had a turbulent week or so. They lost manager John Pemberton. He was bemoaning lack of promises and finances and things like that and, and basically just had enough. So he walked out. Russell Penny we heard from who we heard from on the podcast a couple of weeks back. He's taken caretaker charge, but he couldn't inspire Kidderminster to a win. Southport winning that by a goal to nil. A goal by Devan Green. So a bit of Devan intervention there for Liam Watson's side. Spending more day didn't play because they were due to play Altrincham, who were in the FA Cup, as we heard earlier. Heartbreak for Altrincham. And Boston United, they didn't play either. They were due to play Curzon Ashton, but they take on Rochdale on Sunday in the FA Cup. Farsley are just outside the playoff positions, but they left it very, very late to secure something at Farsley. The second minute of injury time, a goal by Jack Higgins. Cancelled out Taylor Allen's goal for Hereford. Leamington and Geisley finished 2-2. Leamington were well on top in the first half. 2-0 up at half-time, thanks to goals from Joe Clark and Josh Marsh. But then they had Steph Marley, former Telford player, sent off and Geisley were able to come back into the game. And goals from Brad Nicholson and Scott Garner secured a vital point for Geisley. Gloucester and Kettering, they drew, by, they drew 2-2. A first point for new Gloucester manager James Rowe, former Aldershot assistant manager there. Although another late goal, this time from Fabian Robert, made sure that Gloucester got a share of the spoils. Comeback of the day was AFC Telford and Dickie's beloved AFC Telford. They were tuning down at half-time to Darlington. But an inspired substitution, Marcus Denanga came on and he got a second-half hat-trick including a 96-minute winner. A lot of stoppage time there because a photographer got taken ill and basically some medics had to look after him, which made, which meant time was added on. Denanga took advantage of that and Telford won by three goals to two. So starting off the National League South roundup, we have Bath who won 3-0 against Dartford at Twerton Park. Now, Bath were actually up 3-0 by the 34th minute with a goal from Tom Smith and then a quick double from Andy Watkins in nine minutes, putting the game beyond Dartford. Braintree had a disappointing result today where they lost 4-0 against Hampton and Richmond at Iron Mungry Direct Stadium. There was a goal from Rua Donaldson in the third minute and then to make it 2-0, Louis Soares scored and then Danilo Ortiz-Jamo was brought down in the box. So Ryan Hill stepped up to take the penalty, making it 3-0 and then Charlie Wasmite in the 90th minute made it overall 4-0. Next up, we have Dawkin, who won 
2-0 against Welling at Meadow Bank. Now, there were goals in each half by Jimmy Muir and Jack Barnum, respectively, sealing the win for Dorking. Eastbourne won against Chippenham at Priory Lane. They won 2-1. Now, they were level on points before the start of the day. And obviously, Eastbourne are now three points clear. Eastbourne's Christian Campbell got the opener in the 43rd minute. And then William Richards equalised for Chippenham in the 60th minute. But an 89th minute penalty by Charlie Walker sealed the win for Eastbourne, giving them all the three points. Oxford won 2-1 against Dulwich at Marsh Lane. Oxford managed to see off Dulwich 2-1 with a penalty in each half, both taken by Nana Owusu. There was a draw 1-1 for St Albans against Chelmsford at Clarets Park. Sean Jeffers took the lead for Chelmsford in the 40th minute, but Manish Sondry earned a valuable point for St Albans in the 69th minute. Now, this was a big point for St Albans as they now keep in touch within the bottom three. Slough and Tombridge played at Arbour Park. They played out a 0-0 draw, which was a valuable point for Tombridge as they struggle in the bottom three. But it was a disappointing result for Slough as today Weymouth leapfrogged them on goal difference. Wildstone had a great result against Concord where they won 3-0 at Grosvenor Vale Stadium. Now, after losing out last time to Hampton, they've bounced back with a resounding win. The only downside was a red card for Connor Stevens in the 90th minute. Weymouth beat Hungerford at Bob Lucas Stadium 2-1. There was an 87th minute goal to win by Josh McQuaid. Now this was obviously a massive last minute disappointment for Hungerford. 